The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. With heavy heart that we grieve the loss of a member of the Snowbirds team who've been flying across the country to lift up Canadians during these challenging times. Our thoughts are with the families of Captain Jennifer Casey, Captain Richard McDougall, and the entire Canadian Forces Snowbirds team during this difficult time. She absolutely loved this job. And it was one of the main reasons why the Snowbirds Operation Inspiration had been so well received by the public. Uh, our thoughts in particular are mourning uh, Captain Casey, uh, who uh, was another brave Nova Scotian lost uh, during these, uh, these very, very difficult uh, times for that province. And what you saw uh, yesterday was the uh, confluence of a whole bunch of uh, intersect- intersecting uh, circumstances where uh, it led to our worst case scenario. As you know, the investigation is underway into what caused that crash of Snowbird's Jet 11 on Sunday morning. The Tudor jet was taking off from Kamloops Airport when it pulled to the left and tried to gain some altitude before spinning into the ground. The crash killed the team's public affairs officer, Captain Jen Casey, and it injured pilot Captain Rich McDougall. An eight-member military team of investigators from Ottawa now examining the site, and many are wondering, you know, what happened? Was it was it a bird strike? Was it engine failure or something more? Our next guest has been watching this all very closely. Retired Lieutenant General Michael Hood is the former commander of the Royal Canadian Air Force. He retired just two years ago this month. Michael, nice to have you on the show. Well, hello, Jalen. Thanks very much. I'm just sorry that it's under such uh, tragic circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. It has been a very, very tough month for the RCF and the uh, and the Canadian Armed Forces. The crash of the Cyclone helicopter just a couple of weeks ago. Now this. Where's where's your head at right now with everything that's been happening? Well, certainly, um, you know, the confluence of events of the last couple of weeks is, uh, I'm sure, trying for, for everyone who has a close affiliation with the Royal Canadian Air Force. The, you know, the work that the men and women of the Air Force do, you know, week in and week out by its nature has a certain amount of danger, but it's thankfully so rare we ever have um, accidents, let alone fatal ones. So, you know, Jalen, it, it, it's troubling um, but, you know, we've got a, an outstanding flight safety organization uh, within the Air Force that I know are going to get to the bottom of, of both of these tragic accidents and help us understand what happened and, uh, and learn the most important lessons out of that. Michael, you, you've dealt with tragedy during your time as commander of the Air Force, during your time, your, your, your many years uh, in the Air Force. How does this impact the, the, the Air Force family, the military overall, uh, the aviation family? I mean, it's, I know a lot of people are really hurting right now. Well, listen, I, I think first and foremost, um, you know, once you've been in the Air Force, you're, you're never really out of it. Um, I still always refer to the Air Force as we, even though I've been retired for two years. So there's, there's not a person um, who, who doesn't have a close affiliation with, with the military and the Royal Canadian Air Force that, that doesn't feel that the tragedy of a, of a loss like... Um, uh, Captain Jennifer Casey on 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 Sunday without you know a certain amount of um, 
you know, sadness. And, you know, what, what do we do? Well, we, we gather the family up around us. We try and provide them as much support as, as we can um, and then try and get to the bottom of it and, and do honor to, to um, their memories, her memory in this case. You knew Captain Casey. Can you tell us a bit about her? Well, I, while I was commander, she was the public affairs officer at Eight Wing Trenton. Um, so I had met her a couple of times um, as I was passing uh, through the wing, as I said, in my time in command. And, you know, if you, if you look at any picture you see of her on the Internet, big smile, a super professional public affairs officer with a tremendous amount of experience and, that she already had before, frankly, before she decided to serve. So she left a civilian job as a um, journalist to, to become a public affairs officer. So clearly she had a um, desire to serve her country. And, and I mean, you know when people enjoy their jobs and are really good at it. And, and that was obvious um, in all my interactions with her. Retired Lieutenant General Mike Hood joining me this afternoon, the former commander of the Royal Canadian Air Force, as we take a look at what happened over the weekend. Um, you know, op inspiration in itself, uh, Mike, was, was something that was making people feel so good across the country at a time when, you know, it's been really, really crappy, let's, let's be honest. And, and for this to happen on the weekend, for it to end in the way that it did, is just is just devastating. I, I know that you've seen the video when uh, of what happened. Can you shed or are you willing to shed any light on what you think might have gone wrong? Well, Jay Lynn, um, you know, it, what, what for certain, um, there was a, a compressor stall of the engine, which caused a loss of power. And, you know, typically in that regime of flight, and, and this would be... Um, conjecture it, it could be a they've ingested a bird into the engine but you know we're going to know we're going to find out um the pilot um survived the incident so when when he's in a you know a fit enough position to be interviewed about it he may very well have a, a excellent understanding what happened and 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 we'll find out what's clear is that he you know as as what you're supposed to do in that instance you you pull back and trade whatever airspeed you have for altitude to either uh, consider returning and landing at the airfield or just giving yourself a larger margin of error in the case of ejection. And it looks like what happened is the aircraft ran out of airspeed and, and entered into a stall, which the nose dipped and you saw the wing turned down and, um, and, and was a very difficult uh, ejection sequence because of the um, where the aircraft was to to, to survive. Um, so yeah, very tragic. But Jalen, I, I know we're going to find out what uh, what they uh, what what happened here, and hopefully that's going to be as soon as possible. Getting out of that plane or getting out of, of a plane, ejecting from uh, a Tudor jet and an F eighteen, whatever it is that you're flying, can you give us an idea of when? that happens is it you know it, it, i know that sounds like a stupid question mike but i mean that's a that's a last resort um but did the pilot would make that call oh absolutely so you know we've in our training uh we always train to worst case scenarios so 
there's no doubt in my mind that he would have practiced the, the maneuver to do a zoom climb uh, as part of his training and would have had a very good idea that he was not going to be able to successfully either relight the engine if that was a possibility or or return to the airfield so um i'm i'm pretty sure as he got to the top of the climb he was beginning prepared to eject 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 and and of course uh, they leave on uh, on the third eject, and there's a little um, gap in the sequence because both seats don't eject at the same time, but they're milliseconds apart, and I think you can see that in the video. And that is something, you talk about training that, I mean, that is something that goes over, that they go over before every single flight, isn't it? Well, I, you'd certainly go through emergency procedures as part of your normal briefings for uh, for any flights. You know, if you're going to be going over water, and you know, you you want to discuss that. So, so it certainly was something that you train for, you consider, um, so that when the time comes to be able to make the decision, um, you know, you don't have any hesitation yeah. about it because you know the proper procedure and. And I'm I'm pretty sure in what little time that uh, that he would have had, uh, he made the right decision. Unfortunately, not every ejection is survivable. A retired Lieutenant General Michael Hood joining me this afternoon, the former commander of the Royal Canadian Air Force. Um, Michael, I know there's been a lot of questions about the Tudor Jets, a lot of people trying to place a lot of blame at the feet of the government, maybe the Air Force uh, for flying these jets that we know are, are now decades old. What do you say to them about um, the safety of these jets, the age of these jets? Well, you know, that certainly comes up every time that, um, you know, with any of our fleets of, of varying age, um, you know, it's always it's always a question. But here's what I w would tell your listeners. Um, you know, as commander of the Air Force, I was responsible for the airworthiness of every aircraft that we have. Um, and there was no doubt in my mind um, that, in fact, more than some fleets, um, you know, the Snowbirds handpicked their pilots, but they handpicked their technicians as well. So that aircraft was airworthy, it was safe to fly, it's the same airplane that's been flying since um, the, the Snowbird started in 1971. So I, I certainly, I as in my time as commander, and I know that all the pilots on the team have no doubt in the airworthiness of that, of that aircraft. It will be replaced, um, and to be quite frank with you, you know, I wish we would be able to accelerate some of the acquisition programs that we have in government and future air crew training, which is going to bring in a new training aircraft for pilots. Um, my hope always was that would also be the replacement for the Snowbirds. But, you know, we just got to really get on and, and start to accelerate these acquisitions. And so while the aircraft's safe, it, it's, you know, it's, it's at the end of its, uh, at the end of its life, but but the Air Force would only fly it if it was safe to do so. Um, you know, Michael, you you touched about um, new aircraft, and we know that process is a very long, drawn-out one. You know it better than, than anyone, and... I, uh, I sat through a couple procurement <laughs> seminars with you uh, a few years back uh, as well, and was just my 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 mind was boggled uh, about it. How do we do a better job, or what do we need to do to get moving on on new equipment? Is it the will of the government that needs to um, get behind this? Well, let me reflect on the uh, the acquisition of the C-17, which is uh, our largest transport aircraft. 
Uh, when the government came in and told the Air Force that they wanted them, uh, we delivered the first one on the ramp 18 months later. <laughs> so as with all of these acquisitions, if there's the p political will to get it done, it can get done quickly. Um, unfortunately, the process we have in our country is not built for speed and agility. It's, it's built for process. Painful process to make sure that, you know, every I is dotted and T is crossed and that three different ministers get a say on what it's going to be for their own interest. And to be quite frank, I was, I was quite exasperated by the end of my time in command because things are just moving glacially slowly and the government's got to do a better job of giving the men and women of the Air Force and the military the tools that they need, um, modern tools, in, in the minimum time possible. We owe it to them. I mean, these people are putting their lives on the line. The least we could do is make decisions quickly and get on with it. Can you give us an idea? You, you touched on uh, the pilots that uh, get handpicked uh, to, to join the team. You also talk about the techs that are the cream of the crop uh, as well. The flight safety maintenance protocols that these, that these jets and really that all the flying crafts in the Air Force have to go through on a regular basis. I mean, it's, it's not like they don't get looked at and don't get rebuilt top to bottom on a fairly regular basis. Well, that's right. And I mean, the same goes for every every aircraft. So even our newest C-130, the J models that we took delivery of, I, I believe somewhere around 2011, if I'm not mistaken, you know, some of those aircraft have reached the point in their life, nine years and a number of hours on the airframe, that they're having major um, maintenance done, uh, maintenance that pulls apart virtually every panel on the aircraft, puts in new avionics as appropriate. So th this is normal. I mean, most Canadians, uh, it's no different than the airliners that you fly. I mean, the the, the airworthiness um, and the the mandate to ensure that everything is as safe as possible is you know, it's, it's the backbone of the system. So that's why I say with confidence, Jalen, you know, the, the, the Tudor is an outstanding aircraft and it's safe to fly without a doubt, without a doubt. Do you believe um, that the Snowbirds should be or will be grounded, that the program will be shut down? Oh, well, I, you know, no, I don't think that there's, I don't think that there's any chance of that. I mean, uh, they're going to figure out what happened to um, on the weekend. What was the cause of of the crash? And you know, if there's changes that need to be made or you know, a, a maintenance issue, um, it'll get resolved. I I think most would agree with me, and I'm I'm sure you do, Jalen. That you know, the Snowbirds are a national icon. Mm -hmm. um, they they give everyone pride um, in in our great country, and you know, I it's just. It was heartbreaking that they were actually on this trip across the country to lift people's spirits in what for many is the darkest time that they've been through in their lives. And to look up and see those snowbirds fly over, as you know, you've, I, even as commander, every time I saw them fly, I'd still touch at my heartstrings, um, you know, and, and burst with pride as a Canadian to see them. So. I think the national icon is uh, is going to continue. Some had uh, criticized Op Inspiration, saying it wasn't needed, that uh, there were dangers, inherent dangers in this, um, that it was a waste of of dollars. What do you say? Well, I don't have it. I don't have much time for people like that. Like, oh my God, can't you do anything to lift our spirits and, and get behind it and support it and be proud of the country that we all call home and be proud of the Air Force that's up there protecting. You know, 
the great thing about democracy is people get the opportunity to express their opinions, and also in a democracy, you don't have to listen to them. So I'll turn those off, Jay Lynn, and, and stay on the optimistic and uh, national pride side of the equation. Me too. And, and before I let you go, uh, Mike, there is a technical briefing expected this afternoon on the recovery operation for the cyclone that, that cra- crashed off the coast of Greece last month. I mean, we talk about uh, an, an older aircraft in the Tudor, um, and then we talk about a brand new aircraft, uh, the cyclone, and it, it goes to show that it it can happen at any time any place doesn't matter the age of an aircraft well i was just watching that briefing um on cbc online um before coming on with you here and you know as 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 expected that they don't have um uh, the investigations ongoing and they don't have anything to report on it they're focused on salvage operations to to raise it and uh, and getting great help from the u.s navy i'm led to believe um, but but accidents, aircraft accidents do happen. We fly in, um, you know, um, operational flight regimes that carry a certain amount of risk. I, I couldn't or I wouldn't want to imagine um, what the reasons behind it were. But, but again, um, they'll get to the bottom of it. The reason why our flight safety program is so good is because we're, we're a learning military, a learning air force. And, uh, and we want to make sure that every, every tragedy that befalls our forces, um, you know, maximize for the lessons that we can learn for the safety of others. Uh, Mike, I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon again. I, I wish it wasn't under these circumstances. And um, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your insight. I so appreciate it. Yeah, it was wonderful to talk to you, Jalen. I look forward to brighter times. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. Take care now. Bye-bye. That is retired Lieutenant General Mike Hood, the former commander of the Canadian uh, Air Force, the Royal Canadian Air Force, in fact, just retired two years ago. You heard his thoughts and, um, you know, some of his frustrations as well with the procurement process, um, you know, saying that he still believes that the Tudor jets are are great aircrafts. But, yeah, um, the team does deserve new ones and uh, there needs to be the will of the government. And when we look back over the decades of those governments who are and have been in power, um, you know, they keep pushing this push this and they extended the um, the serviceability of these aircraft to 2030. Um, it is uh, 223. We'll take a quick break here. Your thoughts. I know so many. I watched on Friday afternoon. I was driving home. I had to pop by somewhere and I saw people on the overpasses on the hen day and I saw people sitting on green spaces just waiting for the snowbirds to fly over. Wanting to know about your experience with that and how you're feeling given what has happened.